0: Hello and welcome to another episode of General Nerd Sense, the podcast from S.H.I.E.L.D. Wall Productions, where we talk about anything and everything. Oh, generally nerdy, hence the name. And on this episode, we have myself, John. And Jacob. And continuing with our ongoing little series of the D&D character archetypes. So far, we have covered the Barbarian and the Paladin, and now it is time for the Rogue. Time to have
1: things get a little bit more... Trixie. Trixie.
0: Now, Rogues... Back Backward a little bit. Barbarians, tons of fun. Paladins, tons of fun. Both of them pretty straightforward. Rogues, uh, there's a lot of, lot more room for uh, organic creativity there in yeah. terms of how a rogue operates. It's very much a free spirit, independent spirit. Um, perhaps even more fiercely independent than a barbarian. Yeah. Uh, very much in for themselves.
1: They're generally they're, speaking. They're kind of your anti-hero. Time. And yeah,
0: they'll do the right things for their own reasons. Yeah. Not necessarily for the right reasons.
1: And they're often, you know, the party members who are most likely to not follow the law.
0: Yes, they have a bit of a sticky fingers problem, a little bit of kleptomania, and some just good old-fashioned murder lust. Yeah. Now, they do indulge that typically for pay, not just sure. willy-nilly. They're not murderers, per se. They, they There's a like the difference shiny... between being a murderer and an assassin. Yeah. The difference is if you're being paid. And
1: they like shiny things. Yes, as as I've probably talked about before, anytime there's a rogue in the party, keep your valuables locked away, and uh, you know, watch watch and wait for them to start something.
0: Pretty much, your rogue uh, isn't typically going to be your main damage dealer. No, they're very much a in terms of combat, you're a supporting character. They're they're very glass cannon. Yes, they will hit hard, but they cannot really tank the damage themselves. No, they'll kind of go where they'll be. Most effective and then pop back out when things get a little too stuck in. Yeah. They're not going to hold up in a prolonged melee. They'll more, you know, they're either going to be fighting up close and personal with uh, very precise weaponry, daggers and stilettos and knives and what have you, or throwing weapons of su- some such order, any sort of ranged bow or what have you. Crossbows,
1: crossbows being a big favorite as well.
0: Yes. Sometimes normal bows, but crossbows are kind of more their style. Um, whereas bows and longbows are kind of more of the rangers' domain.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see the the role playing side of it as well because generally they're your, you know, they they will get you missions. They will be in charge of any assassinations or you know infiltration missions. Yes, they're they're kind of your. Your social chameleon for what they're meant to be doing.
0: Right. Whereas the paladin can get information just by being a paladin, mm-hmm. um, the rogue will get information through their own channels, which are perhaps less than scrupulous and might make the paladin a wee,
1: wee bit upset. Yeah.
0: Or not, any sort of lawful character a wee bit upset.
1: Not to mention their channels usually cost a little bit of money.
0: Yes. Whereas the paladin get what he needs by raw charisma, rogues understand that is some sometimes simpler and faster just to pay for the information. Yeah. They they know that occasionally you
1: need to grease some palms to get some jobs done.
0: Yes, and because of their uh, fee flag nature, they have no problem keeping themselves well in coin.
1: Yeah. Especially at other party members expense.
0: Indeed. Um, rogues themselves in terms of personality types that are they're, they're going to be your, yeah, your social chameleon, you know, they kind of blend in with all types kind of but always in a kind of at arm's length sort of way, yeah. unless they're in the company of other rogues and thieves and some such. As far as overall siding with the party members, yes, they'll be in generally agreeable because they understand that it is, it'll make their lives easier to, be as agree- easier to be as agreeable as possible to as many people as possible, but they'll always keep everyone at arm's length so they can keep their own motives and everything uh, close to the chest.
1: Yeah. Not to mention, you know, they their range is typically the maximum range of their weapons because if they start shit, they don't want to get hit.
0: Right, um, now there's a couple of different archetypes in terms of just Dungeons and Dragons specifically, fifth ed. You got your archetypes of your arcane trickster, your assassin, the inquisitive, the mastermind, the scout, the swashbuckler, and the thief. Now a lot of those can kind of play into each other. It Depends on which path you decide to go with. But at the end, if you're going going a bit more free form, less by the written rules, or just generally outside of D and D as a whole, those still those archetypes still do apply because. Yeah. R- rogues in the, um, themselves don't necessarily specialize in magic, but they understand its value and will learn things that'll make their jobs and their lives just a wee bit e- easier in terms of in the context of the Arcane Trickster. Yeah. Things that'll keep them hidden from prying eyes or will mask their presence of, in some way or another or just deceive. Personally, as a DM,
1: I broke it down just off of, like, the top of my head into a couple similar archetypes. You have your bandit, you have your Robin Hood, you have your thief, or as I like to call them, sticky fingers. Yes. Um, you have your bounty hunter, your sniper, your survivalist, and your scout. Yes. Because generally, from what I've seen in my campaigns, they always kind of like fall down into one or a couple of those different...
0: Yeah, and there's a little overlap archetypes. between all of them. Yeah. Just by the very nature of the rogue, they are multi-faced, as, after all. Yeah.
1: Um. One I haven't yet seen played a whole lot but i'd love to because i've heard of it is is robin hood like every time yes. i get like you know rogues in my party it's always like ah, i'm just out for myself i want to make money
0: right their rush alignments don't typically air on the good side of things yeah but that's not to say that they can't
1: and i mean typically with your stereotypes not saying that they can't follow fall anywhere in the alignment chart but generally it's a chaotic good chaotic neutral
0: right and depending on the nature of their employment, perhaps a little bit on the I guess, more neutral evil side. Yeah. You know, they're not doing things to further a cause. They're doing things because they're getting paid. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's
1: always, with rogues, more about me than anyone right.
0: else. Right. They'll, in terms of character growth, you know, there's plenty of room for They'll be out for themselves, out for themselves. But then in a clutch sort of moment, that kind of character growth moment, which is like, I could stick it out for me and just bail or I could do something not for me, but that's also still for me and help these dummies out.
1: Pull, out, uh, pull a Han Solo off sort of
0: thing. Right. I am like, damn it, I actually care about them now. And <laughs> damn keeping it. them around is going to serve my interest in the long run. All right, I'll, I'll be technically selfless and put myself at greater risk than I otherwise could at yeah. this moment for the sake of longer term self-interest. Mm.
1: Now, personally, one of the most common, and this is probably just because of my group of friends, is I always see the sniper, because I have, as we've talked about, that one friend who always goes a rogue and or sniper. Yes. So, I, I see a lot of sniper archetypes. It's gotten to a point where, if he's in one of my campaigns, uh, there's no long-range sniper weapons to be found, because <laughs> I want him to learn to play something different. To grow as a player. Yeah, you can't play the same archetype every time.
0: No. Unless you've got a very patient DM who's just willing to humor you, but it doesn't really allow for much personal growth as a player character. Patience runs out. (laughs) Yes. Now, because the rogues are so multifaceted just by their very nature, there's a whole lot of different ways to play them as we're going over the archetypes. Um, But it also goes in terms of personality. You know, rogues can be a bit more of loners as they want to be and just be sociable when it serves their purposes. But other times they can be very sociable because... That puts people more at ease and makes them a bit more lax with keeping an eye on their coin purses. Exactly. My last experience with a rogue, with my drunkard of barbarian, and my barbarian became very close with the party rogue because he liked to drink too. And thought bar brawls were hilarious. Which they were. It's always good to have a
1: common interest.
0: Indeed. And because I think, thinking about gunning a bit more... It caused a suitable distraction for him to relieve people of things that they weren't keeping an eye on because there were bar stools flying and a very large, angry, bearded man roaring. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't noticed your rogue steal something in the
1: first session, I'd be very careful because that is some uncharted territory.
0: Yes, if your rogue hasn't stolen something, noticed your... If you haven't noticed your rogue steal something in the first session, um, check your belongings. Yeah. Because if you haven't noticed it, chances are something of yours is missing. Keep an inventory. Keep an inventory. Yes. Check with your DM, like, do I still have all my stuff? All this stuff on this inventory?
1: Yeah, about that.
0: Rogue. (laughs) Now, as far as dynamic with other player characters, um, using the Barbarian again for an example, for good synergy, in terms of if you kind of go weirdly, like, buddy-buddy sort of way with it, a great example would be um, Thor and Loki from the Marvel Universe, Mm -hmm. specifically in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, as far as their dynamic in teaming up together to accomplish things, yeah. you got the barbarian in the form of Thor doing the brunt of the he- literally heavy lifting, and Loki being a bit more of a trickster. And then when they pa- when they pair together, the rogue can do his thing, but m- the barbarian might have other uh, things in mind. I'll point to the get help plan. Yeah, <laughs> we could do get help. I hate get help. Why? It's degrading, not for me, and he just throws Loki at like, help, my mother's very sick, he needs help, get help. And what? And he just throws the Loki, the rogue, at the enemies to take him out. Great, <laughs> if you plan that a bit better, you know, to so it's a li- little less at the rogue's expense, that could probably you could probably convince your GM to allow an attack of opportunity, yeah, of you literally being as a rogue being hurled bodily and get a bit more of damage bonuses to it from the raw extra momentum of a big, burly barbarian having hurled you.
1: Another, you know, character ar- archetype they can synergy well with would, I'd have to say, the the alchemist, too.
0: Yes, rogues and alchemists would go very well together, especially the assassin types. Yeah. Because... They,
1: they like poison. They like venom.
0: They like things that make their job go quickly and quietly. Yeah. Now, if you're going with a rogue that having some... Gotten an assignment as an assassin that he might have some rare moral quandaries with, mm-hmm. but still wants to get paid and doesn't want to make too, ways within, too many ways within his employer. Team up with the alchemist, like, hey, I need something that will uh, ha- cause the recipient to mimic this all the signs of death for long enough for proof to be gotten and then make a recovery.
1: Pull uh, Romeo and Juliet?
0: Kinda. Yeah. You know, the old switcheroo. <laughs> Like yeah, they're totally dead, dead as shit. Yep, yep, yep. And now, uh, th- and uh, cool. Proof is given. All right, we're on our way, and they're back alive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Room for moral growth there. And as far as euro goes, if you're going for like kind of more range care, you know, your mm-hmm. crossbow, or whatever. If you need to shoot to incapacitate, but not necessarily kill, a fleeing important NPC, well, a uh, debilitating poison that will that will s- instantly slow them but not kill them, be very helpful. Very true, the alchemist.
1: Now if they go on more of the survivalist route, they might get along well with your party's ranger as well. Ranger or the druid, cuz some rogues understand that money and coin is good, but if I'm not alive, I can't spend it.
0: Right. So, and I need to, and rogues by their very nature will eventually live in the rough when they uh, when there's some heat on them. Yeah. And who better than to teach them better skills and kind of learn from them. The ranger. Mm-hmm. If you need to live in the wild for a bit until the heat dies down, yeah. Pal up with a ranger. You also might have some multi-classing
1: of rogues and mages, or rogues working with mages. Again, it's because... the yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know, changing your appearance is always
0: uh, mm. a helpful. Or trick. Uh, decoy clones, whatever, from yeah. illusion magic. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, now, I feel like the one rogue archetype that doesn't get as much love as it probably ought to, just given the nature of D&D settings not being entirely nautical, is the swashbuckler. You're pirates. You're a pirate. He's a pirate. Now, I feel like people feel limited because, well, swashbuckler, they assume pirate ship. Well, pirates come ashore. Yeah. Yes, you know, there's the high-flying, literally swashbuckling adventures of ship-to-ship combat, blowing the tits off a man-of-war with your broadsides and sort of thing, but they do eventually have to come back to shore. Yeah. Perhaps your pirate, your swashbucker is has fallen afoul of his crew and needs an out, so he goes ashore where he knows he can disappear a bit quickly and falls into the company of the of the party. Maybe your pirate had a little bit too close a call
1: with death and found out he can't swim.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pirate that can't swim. Uh, I feel like that that could actually be pretty common. And yeah, I no no, I feel like pirates kind of know have to know how to swim, Jacob. It, you know, it'd make for a funny character, yeah. but it wouldn't, hey, it'd be funny as a character. It wouldn't necessarily <laughs> make sense. Just say. Now, in addition to being, you know, glass cannons, imagery, assassins, thieves, whatever, their rogues are very good spies because yeah. as much as they can be, so, on the note of social chameleons, they know how to blend in to a crowd when they need to, to gather information or just go unseen mm-hmm. to get to places where they need to find out things that they have been told to so they're very much going to be your information there, your, your spies, your espionage aspect of things. Yeah. Um. That'll very much be there. That'll be your more stealth based rogue. Mm-hmm. All rogues have a degree of stealth basedness to them, but the spy types will definitely the spies and the scouts particularly. Yeah. Will know how to pass unseen by pretty much all except for perhaps. very light footed. Yes. Light footed and sticky fingered. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Now. In terms of their role in the party, there could be a much more supportive role, except for the mastermind. Rogues can take a more of a leadership role. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the organizing or mastermind of some sort of grand heist, or just to realize that the rest of the party is uh, not quite intelligent enough, easily distracted. So they need someone, they need a ringleader. Rogues being, have very much room for char- charisma mm-hmm. in order to make sure they go unseen, and Easy to, it's easy to cover one's tracks in society if you make friends with a lot of people. True. Who won't be so keen to tell you how to, you've been nice to them. Mastermind, criminal mastermind, whatever. Rogues can, in their own way, be the party figurehead. Yeah. Or at least do double duty with the, whatever the paladin would The, the
1: person pulling the strings behind the scenes.
0: Sure. You know, you'll have the paladin that is Darth Vader and you'll have the rogue that is Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Even if the paladin isn't quite aware of it. which the rogue will respond with good
1: good because there's nothing better than having a paladin who thinks he's in charge and your employee
0: yep who just thinks that he is all of the decisions he's making are his own original ideas perfect that leaves zero accountability at the rogue's footsteps yep or the rogue's feet but generally speaking rogues they're so adaptable to so many different situations again they're not gonna be your main damage dealers or tanks you know that They'll hit hard very quickly and then they'll dance back out of range. They're very much your skirmishers, your hit and run. Yeah. Your two inch punches.
1: Now it would still be pretty cool if you built a rogue who is just like pure fucking tank.
0: Right. That'd be fun. Be hilarious. Have like a rogue who's. Super like... stealthy rogue who wears heavy armor, who's gotten very good at sneaking around in heavy armor. Yeah. Somehow manages. To use illusion magic to mask the clanking. Yeah. Or go with the. Orcish Rogue route, which are there are two things that see the uh, Orcish Rogue. Dead things, and things that know better than to admit it.
1: Uh, you you can always go the Hitman route of there's nobody to see if there's nobody to see. Uh-huh, yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, like, rogues, very much, there's a lot of fluidity there. Yeah. They are very adaptable in... Same sense as say a ranger or a druid or whatever, or even a barbarian to a degree. Um, they're a lot less rigid in their uh, construction, in their construction and their pointed lanes, and far as, as far as their function, they, by their very nature, have to be adaptable to as many situations as possible. That's not to say they will be; they'll excel in a great deal of those situations, but they'll be able to uh, usually see themselves through it, mm-hmm. because they kind of have to. Because they kind of live on more of the criminal edge of society, so they need to be very adaptable at thinking quickly on their feet. Yeah. they're very light feet. Now, as far as what your rogues' character race might be, probably not going to be something big and tanky. No. It would be funny. It'd be funny, but you'd really have to sway your DM to allow it. Yeah. You're probably going to see—your rogues will, by their energy, you know, I'm sure humans can be rogues very easily, but they'll also be your elves, your um halflings, your gnomes. Things that pass very quietly. Oh my god! And go gnomes. without notice. Yeah, a gnome rogue. I know gnomes. Just they don't get played enough. They don't. But I love them. But when, especially
1: they're... if you play it like a fucking smurf,
0: like white beard, a murder smurf, a murder smurf. Because if you're going with the with the gnome rogue, you gotta go with the assassin. Yeah. Because they could lit like it could fit anywhere, anywhere, anywhere.
1: Extra bonus points if you pass mission by pretending to be a garden gnome.
0: <laughs> that's your disguise as a lawn gnome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Travelocity style, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh... A swashbucket rogue.
1: Rides a squirrel into battle.
0: Yep, yep. Wrote a gnome mastermind <laughs> called Mr. Big. <laughs> I know uh... that's cliche, but it would still be funny. Uh, Tony the Fat. Uh, no. And it'll go to your Halflings or Hobbits as well. Be a very good Rose. More on the thief angle. Because yeah. They, you know, they won't really stand up in a, any sort of melee. They'll strike where they need needed. You know, go with the sucker st- backstab on the Witch King of Angmar, but that's kind of the best that they can do. Yeah. I and mean, they can hold up in a prolonged battle, i a- battle the Black Gate, whatever, but like, that's not really their domain.
1: Pro tip the smaller your gnome size, the more you'll want poison and venom.
0: Yes. To make up for what you lack in raw physical strength. Yeah. I suppose it wouldn't really fit their mindset, but dwarves could get away with being a rogue to some extent. Yeah. I don't feel, feel like really. rogue
1: uh, dwarves mm. can be, like, de- uh, dexterous enough to be... Not really, no. That's that, That'd that be the one issue. Though yeah. they would have some neat crossbows.
0: They could definitely make fine rogue scouts. Yeah. But probably not so much your dwarves. Yeah. Anything small, lithe, whatever. Sneaky. Mm-hmm. Your sneaky fantasy races would be very good rogues
1: rogues are very much so a mindset as much as they are a class yes rogues are your far fringes of society they are your anti-heroes they are your people who just don't quite fit in anywhere
0: else they don't quite fit in but they're not quite outcasts either yeah but then very need of them to serve their own wants and needs they kind of need to be able to fit in when necessary, but don't actually fit in. Again, fitting in at arm's length. Again, it's a mindset. And as far as that mindset goes, rogues will always be the ones that have their head on a swivel, constantly looking around, keeping aware of their surroundings. It will be very difficult, if you're doing your rogue properly, for you to be caught unawares or off guard.
1: Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say about rogues is they can be a hard character class to roleplay as. Because if you're playing as a character class that is aloof... It can be pretty difficult to roleplay with your party. Right. And that's a lot of the issues I've seen in my parties personally Mm. is that um, if you're going to play it and you're going to play an aloof character, you need to be cognizant that you do still want to roleplay. Right. And there are ways to get around that. And there are ways to kind of foster the roleplaying with your party as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I always like the route of you start to general like, warm up over time to your party.
0: Right. But you can't really drag it on too long. Yeah. Without it kind of being a hamper.
1: I mean, it can get to a point where the party's just like, ah, we don't give a shit about you.
0: Right. It's like, all right, you've played the, you know, cool aloofness for so long. uh, Whatever. We've progressed the plot.
1: One of my friends who's played the same aloof sniper character for Uh, uh, four years. Oh
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> i get it you wanna you wanna sit there and play uh you play be... video games while you're you know but come on man uh come on role play
0: yep yeah pretty much yeah. you know play role playing as a rogue can be very difficult and requires mm-hmm. a far more higher degree of uh subtle finesse yeah than Say some of the other ones like the barbarian or the paladin or the mage or mm-hmm. the druid or even the ranger because the ranger sure could be a bit of aloof but only when he's in the wild when he comes back to society yeah he's kind of got that transition time but usually he's pretty sociable yeah or can be but this isn't about the
1: ranger personally I like the fast talking rogue mm-hmm. who's not aloof but actually very charismatic and personable yeah he's just you know talking out of both sides of his mouth
0: right. Kind
1: of your Loki type of...
0: Sure. Silver-tongued. Yeah. A shrew, you know. Mm, again, you're role-playing a rogue, It, when done well, it is f- phenomenal, but work requires a great deal of finesse. Yeah. To do do it justice and do it properly.
1: Much like how they use their weapons and skills, you need finesse.
0: Yes. Their wit and wisdom and cleverness is as much a weapon as their blades and crossbows or what have you. Yeah. Um, Now, that being said, your rogue can be much more stealthy. Mm -hmm. And that's, depending on the nature of your party, that's either going to help or hurt them in terms of how effective you're going to be in supporting them. Yeah. Because you can shadow step throughout the combat all you want, but if it's the kind of party that's going to be getting more in kind of a um, pitched melee, I mean, sure, it can work, but if your party's the kind of party that can take on larger groups of enemies... Uh, you might struggle a little bit. Yeah,
1: at that point, like if your party is taking on larger groups of stuff, try to do flanking and like mm-hmm. sneak around them, slit some like archers' necks. Like,
0: right, or in the
1: midst of chaos, or... or hang
0: around the back if they're far, if they're fighting in I don't know a shield wall. Yeah. So if someone needs help, you duck in and help them. Once that's taken care of, back out. Wait for to see where you'll be needed next. Mm-hmm. That's going be, gonna to be a rogues combat style anyway. He's not going to be go charging into the thick of it. You know, strike in, do damage, and then pop back out before damage can be done. Too much damage can be done back to him.
1: Yeah. Also, another big thing for rogues as well is be very quick-footed. Because a lot of times, parties will leave rogues out to dry.
0: Yeah. Both because they... They, they get are, themselves into that position
1: and also because, they may or may oh, there's a the rogue. Them. They'll get out.
0: Yeah, the kind of assumption like, well, they've made it this far as a rogue. They're good at fending for themselves when hang, hung out to dry. I'm sure those will not be their first taste of being completely just, they'll be fine. Yeah. Just be very quick on your feet. If you need to bounce, bounce. Mm-hmm. You can hold your party accountable later. And if they're having none of it, well, they also don't keep a very close eye on their stuff now, do they? Yeah.
1: Personally, I've always liked uh, the rogue archetype as well of being very sticky fingered. Anything mm. that's shiny. Like, I never get angry if, we're, like, our rogues going around stealing shit.
0: Because
1: mm. generally, rogues won't steal too much from the party. They'll, they'll steal every once in a while. But right. They they have that, like, uh... They you know, know
0: what they can and can't get away with stealing from other party members. Or at least should. Yeah. What you can and can't get away from stealing from party members is you can steal... Basically, you can steal loot and coin, but don't steal anything important. Yeah. Don't steal anything that'll start an actual fight.
1: I have always been of the opinion, um, if you know your rogue steals something from the party, it's more your fault for not securing it well enough.
0: Yeah, I didn't really want to get in the first place if I could get away get it away from you.
1: That's why uh, Voss he kept a coin purse strapped like on his inner thigh, like from the ins- like inside. Ah. Uh. So it's like, yeah, if you want to steal that. It's up to you. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. If you can have fun st- trying to get to it, if you can steal that from me while I'm awake, you've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Take take steps to keep your rogue from stealing stuff, and you guys get you guys will get along great.
0: Yes, with that kind of like understanding, of like, yeah, I know you're waiting for me to drop my guard on my stuff so you can help yourself to some of it, but uh, that ain't gonna happen. But I can respect that tenacity, but it ain't gonna happen. And if your rogue steals something from you, it never truly belonged to you. No, but as the rogue, since you're if you're playing a bit, the kind of classic kleptomaniac, that does leave way for you to stumble upon some plot. Yeah, you steal some sort of magical macguffin that might be may or may not be cursed or plot important or whatever, and you have no idea what the fuck it is. Don't have any other resources at hand. And you're just kind of in the wild. You know, you guys have left town. Turn to you know some magical macguffin. Turn to the mage. Just like, hey, what's this? Where the fuck did you get that? <laughs> I got it. Give that to me right now, like that. <laughs> I got it at a
1: at a thrift store.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. yeah uh, totally. Yeah. Sure.
1: Sure. Picked it up at the uh, the bargain market.
0: Mm-hmm. Now if you're playing the more inquisitive rogue, the information gatherer. You, again, role play comes into uh, high play here because you need to be able to ask questions in the right sort of way that doesn't seem like you are prying. Yeah. You know, ask questions the way that make people agreeable. Like, you're just kind of making idle conversation and extrapolating details that they are leaving out. Or getting them to spill details that they are they don't realize they're spilling. By being a bit more charismatic and personable. Yeah. Buy them a drink. Or three. Or four. Or ten. However many it takes. Because information is worth its weight in gold more often than not.
1: Or do what our rogue does and get them drinking a lot and then start gambling.
0: To keep paying for more drinks. Yeah. So the rogue can get their money to keep paying to put more drinks in them to gather more information. Yeah.
1: It's it's a, a lot of finesse required to play a good rogue.
0: Yes, because they are more of a scalpel than a hammer.
1: Yeah. And in terms of backstory, I don't think rogue's backstory matters quite as much as some of the other characters.
0: Not as much, but it can definitely come into play. Yeah. So it's still very much like all your characters worth doing properly mm-hmm. but again wires, requires a good degree of finesse because the rogue going to keep their personal history kind of close to the chest not a whole lot of people are going to know a whole lot about where they came from only what they the rogue chooses to uh, divulge mm-hmm. there's a way to do that in a way that doesn't seem like you're phoning it in with the backstory in terms of what details you divulge, like, you can have the full written backstory that only you see. So yeah. Maybe the DM as well. See if you can come up with some sort of like rampaging plot device from your past that comes back to haunt you one way or another. But as far as what the rest of the party sees, it's only what you, as the rogue, divulge to them. Mm-hmm.
1: I've always been for rogue back, like story. Any any events you want to be important character development devices. So anything that, like, where your morals lie... For example, like, if you're an assassin who does the boondock saints of I won't kill women or children,
0: Mm. maybe
1: have some tragic backstory.
0: Or Or you only kill people that suit... Like, even bad people deserving. You can be the law... Weirdly, morally upstanding. I wasn't saying... Murder's not lawful, but you can be the morally upstanding side in terms of boondock saints that you kill the the bad people.
1: Yeah. You could also be, um... You know, uh, a rogue who was perhaps a spy for one of the military factions in your world or mm-hmm. something. So, you know, he still has the rug, uh, structured, rugged, you know, military aspect uh, and morals thereof. But, you know, he is still a rogue. Because right. that was his job. Right. There's, there's a lot of cool, fun twists you can do backstory-wise.
0: Yes, and as far as pairing with in terms of synergy... If you want to have your character be intertwined with another party member, a bard wouldn't be a bad yeah. way to go. Bards and rogues will get along quite nicely. Bard distracts the crowd while the rogue helps themselves to unguarded coin purses, and they split the profit. Yeah. Uh, again, your uh, ranger will come into play too. You know. Because they can respect each other living in the rough, kind of living on the fringes of society. The ranger will maybe not condone the the nature that the rogue does, but all the same. They
1: might have a little bit of uh, head-to-head, too, about whether crossbows or bows are better.
0: Right. Marksmanship contests, whatever. Friendly rivalries. Um, Not so much your druids, because they're a bit more spiritual than a rogue might otherwise be. Yeah, or your monks, or... I mean, your rogue could get along with the monks in terms of just the unarmed combat aspect because a rogue would need to know how to fend for themselves even without a steel weapon to hand. Yeah. So just the martial arts techniques there, your rogue will not get along with your paladins. No. That is just a rule of the universe. Like, water is wet, fire is hot. Rogues don't get along with paladins. No. That doesn't mean you have to hate each other. It just means you won't get along. Yeah. It can be... But it can be funny. It very well can be. Indeed, indeed it should be funny. Um... The rogues probably get along with your barbarians because just again this energy there is kind of writes itself. Yeah. You they know, the, the, you know the
1: barbarian might think the rogue talk, talks a little bit too much,
0: uses too fancy words, mm-hmm. but that's neither here nor there. Mm. They make for You make the rogue makes for a good drinking partner, and the rogue maybe encourages the barbarian to start a tavern brawl. So again, you he can help himself to unguarded things while everyone's too busy dodging bar stools. But yeah. mm. come back and you're like, let me buy you a drink and, Give a little something extra. Like, for Like What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just uh, keep having fun. And again, your arcane trickster having at least respect for your for the party mage. I think arcane matters. Mm-hmm. Even par- pairing up, you know, if your rogue, if your arcane trickster rogue can cast multiple clones of themselves, hologram not holograms, but you know, yeah, duplicates of themselves, that the mage can somehow. Uh, augment or buff in some way or another. Definitely get along in terms of combat synergy for sure. Yeah. Uh, again, the rogues are a very fluid and open-ended sort of thing. But again, th- there's still very specific rules on... Not rules, but very specific ways to do them properly. Guidelines. Guidelines. I'd still love to see a pirate, though. Yeah. Pirates...
1: I mean, I don't feel like we've emphasized this enough. You just don't see pirates in D&D too much. And that's a shame. And, I mean, I guess part... Is because you you know you don't really see a l- whole lot of history of pirates on land too much, right? Because when you're when you're a pirate you just kind of become a bandit, right? But imagine like still staying like you're very piratey, like you know first mate or something while you're on land. Yeah. Refer to everything that transports you as a ship. Yeah. Be very attached to anything that transports you.
0: Very sentimentally attached to it, yeah. yeah. Or if you want, build a, build a
1: wagon with cannons on it. Why the fuck not? That'd be fucking awesome. That'd be ridiculous. Imagine having, like, a 16-wheeled, like, you know, fucking wagon with
0: sails. And, bro- and broadsides on either side chase guns. <laughs> <laughs> There's room for it. Oh no the gripe wheels. shot! Mm, or the pirate that has come a little bit too far on land but hasn't really quite lost his longing and lust and enjoyment of the roar of cannons and maybe being arcane trickster or just being more magically inclined has a magic mill in that I don't know pairs up with the party mage and this is an idea that mm-hmm. I saw pairs up with the party mage to shrink cannonballs into musket sized rounds and then puts a ring that undoes magic at the end of their musket or flintlock pistol whatever so when those cannonballs go through that ring they pass through that field and suddenly they're full sized cannonballs again uh Someone did it. And apparently it caused a lot of mayhem. I mean... There's ways for your swashbuckler to pair up with
1: your mage. It's true. I feel like if, if we're going into D&D science here as a GM, they, the, you know, the the kinetic energy is going to stay the same. So if yes. you increase mass, the velocity is going to slow down.
0: Yeah. it be a short-range weapon, but... When it's in its effective range, it's gonna hit a lot harder than a musket ball Jacob. Yeah. yeah I, some... I feel like I, sh- I need to do the math on this. Someone already did, I'm sure. <laughs> I like, does this... And I'm sure that's how they justified and got the GM to allow it. Yeah. As, as Other as a, than come on, it's cool!
1: As a GM, if you're going to pull some stuff like that, you, you gotta have your scientific math to back it up. Yep. Because I will be thousand times more inclined to accept whatever idea you have if you've taken the time and put the math behind it. Be like to back
0: it up with science, yep. Uh I was like no this scientifically could work. On a scientific and theoretically scientific level, this could actually work. So come on
1: Especially and going back to the swashbuckler, if you're playing a swashbuckler, throw out the crossbows, throw out the bows Brace of pistols. Pistols for days.
0: Pistols for
1: days. How many pistols do I have? Pistols yes. for days, sir. How many pistols you got? Yes. That's not a number. Yes, it is. Another cool idea for a party. Imagine being, a like, a pirate crew that lost their ship. Yeah. And everyone in your party is, is the pirate crew. And yep. you can't afford another ship. So, you got to continue adventuring. On land.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: just continue the pirate, like... Pir- the complete, like your crew of pirates, but you're
0: on land. Or at least if you're only eating jerky and hardtack. And if you've. Even if your entire party isn't rogue, if so you've got a heavy rogue presence, if you've got a barbarian on there, you could definitely sway them to get on board with it by pointing out that Vikings were pirates.
1: Aye, you were the earliest form of us pirates. You are ancestors, mighty.
0: I mean, not earliest form, but definitely one of the most notable forms for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be—I think
1: it would be hilarious—the shenanigans you could get into an entire party of pirates that were landlocked, the the shipwrecked, landlocked land pirates.
0: Yeah, shenanigans abound.
1: Uh, especially if you go with my wagon idea.
0: Seriously, if you, ship. Can, if you can get your, if you can get your GM to allow it. I I'd, I'd 100% allow it because. Why wouldn't you? It'd be amazing. Yeah. Like, all right, this can only end in a couple of ways. I'll bite. Uh,
1: whenever you uh, stop, you know, trader carts. Permission to come aboard, ye vessel.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm from a cart that's you know th- six times the size of a trading wagon. <laughs> sure, you've know, you just rolled to a schooner in a man of war. Basically. Alrighty,
1: you've stolen all my stuff. Can I go on my way? Nah, well- we got to sink yet to the bottom of the sea. What? Blows their wagon apart with a bunch of cannons. Dude, that's, that was my wagon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hoist the sails and goes rumbling off in the distance, singing, she's <laughs> shanties. <laughs> <laughs> Not sailing, rumbling, because that thing would be loud as fuck. Oh, my God. You need to have some sort of engineer on board to keep that thing running.
1: That, that's why you, you have your first mates.
0: Right, sure. Whatever. <laughs> And like, I feel like we kind of, there's so much, there's so much open-endedness to a rogue, it's a little bit hard to get into the guts of it in the same way that we have the paladin and the barbarian, but that's what makes the rogue so beautiful. Yeah. Is that it is so open-ended up to, you know, character player discretion in the bounds of the guidelines. Sticky-fingered, mm-hmm. sneaky, blends in well. Personable, but keeps everyone at arm's length.
1: There's so many different aspects of a rogue- that you can incorporate. It's kind of like, here's everything you have, choose five, and you have a unique rogue character.
0: Seriously, if you can't figure out which ones to use, that's what dice are
1: for. Yep. If the dice gods want something, they will speak.
0: They will. It may not make sense to you at the time, but trust them.
1: It will. It will eventually.
0: Yes. Your time will come. Mm-hmm. With a bunch of traits that paired together don't inherently make sense on paper, but just roll with it. Yeah. Like a land ship. Just roll with it.
1: Uh, they see me rolling. Uh, they hating.
0: Uh, uh. Anyway. I think that I'll... You got any other thoughts on the rogue? No, I mean, that... And I feel bad yeah. because it feels like we didn't delve into it as much of the guts of it, but I feel like we've delved into as much of the guts of the rogue as we really can. There's there's so the... much to the rogue. That's also vague because the rogues are vague. Yeah, but at the same
1: time, like, no matter what you do, you're still going to get a rogue. Yeah. As long as your society your rogue clashes a little bit with society, has some traits that are typically a little bit more taboo. Yeah. And, you know, likes to be kind of, you know, a little bit more stealthy or, you know, do things cloak and dagger style, you're going to ha- get a rogue.
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, and if you got any if there's anything we've possibly missed and there's a good chance that we are. Well, Shield Bearers, you can head on over to our Facebook page, Shield Productions, on Facebook.com to-, to let us know. Or if you've got any requests for future ep- topics on episodes of General Nerd Sense, Lore Council, or Loose Brews. And wherever you're listening to us, too, be it iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever. Do not forget to subscribe if you're not subscribed already. And if you've got, again, any suggestions for topics, we've got our Facebook page or...
1: Or hit us up on Twitter, at the official SWP. Whether or not you want to share interesting rogue characters you've played or played with or you know just want to shoot the shit and talk i'm more than happy to do that as well and until next time god your coin purses, and we shall catch you later yep doodles